Conrad Aiken, Metaphysical Poet, by John Gould Fletcher. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. Conrad Aiken, Metaphysical Poet, by John Gould Fletcher. The world is seriously in need of a new classification of poets. Hitherto we have been largely content with the old labels of romantic and realist. But these old labels can no longer satisfy, for the boundaries of poetry have been enlarged since the early nineteenth century to embrace the whole field of scientific speculation, which is our legacy from the evolutionists, the anthropologists, the psychologists the sociologists and the men of science generally as we are today it is evident that there may be quite as much romantic magic in a poet writing from a mind stocked with purely scientific theory as there is in shelley and as much realism in the narrower sense in a poet of pure romantic tendency as there is say in masefield we must seek finer distinctions what is needed is not a new definition of the incomprehensible mystery called poetry but a new classification of the poets themselves when we come to examine english poetry we can if we observe closely easily distinguish two main streams of inspiration in it now parting now fusing sometimes clouded and again distinct there have been the poets who wrote largely of the aspects of things outside themselves and the poets who turning within themselves wrote of the world as mirrored in the human brain we may call the first objective and the second subjective or we may adopt a more recent nomenclature and label the first imagistic and the second symbolistic but if the spirit of inquiry is strong within us neither of these labels can completely satisfy our intelligence they do not completely cover the ground we are perhaps safer if we say that the first group of poets are externalistic and the second metaphysical in tendency there have been far more poets of the externalist type in english than of the metaphysical and these poets have been more widely read and appreciated by their contemporaries indeed by posterity than their neglected antitypes this is partly due to the mental inertia of most of us an inertia that seeks to be soothed with pretty easily explainable pictures and familiar tunes partly also to the extreme difficulty of writing good metaphysical verse the good metaphysical poet must be always turning the world inside out so to speak and since the faculty of verse-writing is based primarily on an immediate emotional response to sensuous impression it is apparent that the good metaphysical poet must be always battling against his own immediate apprehensions this will explain the rarity of great metaphysical poets in england there have been so far as i remember don facile Prancel in this field also vaughan and possibly marvel shakespeare and hamlet and iago webster in bosla and ferdinand gave us complete figures 
illuminated by the same searching metaphysic shelley had he developed in the direction of the sensi and of the triumph of time might have become one of the great metaphysical poets to turn from these figures to a writer of the present day and generation may seem to some an impertinence but we are not able to estimate the weight and significance of a writer such as conrad aiken either as poet or as critic of poetry except by making some such transition on the jacket of mr aiken's latest book his fifth the charnel rose four seas company boston i find the following there is a strangeness about the art of conrad aiken that makes it unique no one is writing just like him in america today this remark is not only true it is probably the one true thing that has ever been said about aiken and because of this strangeness which i think springs from the fact that both in his poetry and in his prose criticism aiken is a metaphysician he has been more variously estimated by writers and critics on both sides of the atlantic than any man i know he is profoundly disliked by many mistrusted by some and admired if at all by a few i turn to page thirty one of the poem he calls sanlin a biography really i like to think that the subject of this poem is aiken himself and called the following stanzas it is morning sanlin says and in the morning when the light drips through the shutters like the dew i arise i face the sunrise and do the things my fathers learned to do stars in the purple dusk above the rooftops pale in a saffron mist and seem to die and i myself on a swiftly tilting planet stand before a glass and tie my tie i stand before a mirror and comb my hair how small and white my face the green earth tilts through a sea of air and bathes in a flame of space it is morning sanlin says and in the morning should i not pause in the light to remember god upright and firm i stand on a star unstable he is immense and lonely as a cloud i will dedicate this moment before my mirror to him alone for him i will comb my hair except these humble offerings cloud of silence i will think of you as i descend the stair here we have a kind of poetry profoundly unsettling of our cherished conventions and prejudices either we are by nature timid anthropomorphists in matters of religion despite all the evidence that can be urged to the contrary or we are simply indifferent but aiken is neither he looks beneath the surface of age-old compromises and sees the body of every man poised on an unstable helpless planet carefully arranging his tie while his soul darkened and without knowledge humbly seeks to penetrate to the cause of all things the cruel clarity of such perception as this startles and horrifies but none the less it is both beautiful and true in this mind we find all our minds mirrored poetry cannot do more even more profoundly disturbing more intoxicatingly demonic is the insight displayed in the poem which gives this volume its title the charnel rose the subject of this poem is sexual desire and out of desire the desire of the moth for the star the desire that has tormented every great mind from st augustine to nietzsche aiken has woven a vast symphony 
quotation here is useless we are simply upborne in these mad delirious waves of drunken music that flow in and out endlessly we are hurried from one chaos into another so that we should be in danger of losing our bearings utterly were not the mind and voice directing this orchestra that of a poet to shape this world of leaderless ghostly passions or else be mobbed by it that is the question in these lines is summed up the whole purpose of the poem conrad aiken has shaped this world for us has striven to make tangible to us the intangible substance of our lives and we cannot withhold from him a meed of praise as great as that of any poet living and writing in america today End of conrad aiken metaphysical poet by john gould fletcher from the dial may thirty one nineteen nineteen